Welcome and thank you for listening to the CRC podcast brought to you by Pastor Ad Bosho. We believe that God is working across this platform to bring each and every believer revival throughout their entire lives. We hope you are inspired by this week's message. Now come on, lift your hands and give him a praise offering up there. <laughs> oh, come on, give him a praise offering. It's a long week and it's holiday. You can sleep in late tomorrow. Good to see so many of you in the house of the Lord tonight. This is what we have to do. Come on, we're about our Father's business, like Jesus said. We're not ashamed. Come on, we're radically saved. We know that come Sunday, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. I'll get my children out of bed. I'll get my parents out of bed. I'll get my brother out of bed. And I'm going to go up to the house of the Lord. Come on, say amen in Jesus' name. We don't do part-time Christianity. Great to see so many thousands here tonight on a long weekend and on holiday. Come on, give yourself a hand clap, all the young people. And then we want to welcome all of you. Stay with me, please. Stand. Thank you to Faith Team, Dr. Andre and Jenny, uh, Praise TV. A great honor to bring God's Word. Many of you are watching us in Pakistan, in uh, Europe, in uh, Israel, in Russia. And there goes our crusade this year in Stalingrad, but we still are going to come in the name of Jesus. YouTube, Facebook Live, CRC Online radio stations, America, Europe, India, Pakistan, China, and Africa. We welcome you tonight. And then of course, all, don't sit yet. I'm gonna do something. All our great CRC churches with us tonight. I'm not gonna welcome you all by name. Um, it's so great to see many thousands in Bloemfontein tonight. I did give a commitment publicly that I will be there. And I did a, a wedding there. Flew back from LA on Monday, Sunday, Tuesday I mean and uh, did a wedding on Thursday, and here I am. So, I gave you a commitment, and many of you asked me, you said, Pastor, you said you'll be in Bloomingdale. Often I will, um, so be patient. Jesus also said, I come quickly, and He hasn't been back for 2,000 years, so I'm, I'm coming. We're excited about the harvest event in George. The, the uh, dates will be on the overheads, in the Stadium of George, our first harvest event of the year. I think it is on the 6th, 6th of April. So, say for your man, your pa, your woman, your tani, the aangeorg. Hulle moet naar die stadion toe gaan. The last time it was in the rain and people stayed and we saw hundreds and hundreds of people saved in the rain. We are excited to launch our harvest events this year again. So, um, everybody, over the age of 60, please take your seat. Now there's some of you. Okay, let's get in Spaan say. Allemaal oor die ouderdom van 60 sit asjeblieft. Daar was Daniel dit. Everybody over the age of 50, please take your seat. It's okay, you're gonna get there one day. Hopefully. Everybody over the age of 40, please take your seat. 
everybody over the age of 39. Say, so this is going to get long tonight. Everybody over the age of 35, take your seat. Everybody over the age of 30, take your seat. Now look around you and see that 95% of you are standing on your feet. And tonight I'm going to talk to you. You are the greatest generation alive on planet Earth. But there are some things that you have to discover to be this generation. There are some things that you don't know. There are some things that you don't carry. There are some things that you need. That's why a revival can never be led by a young person. Because one generation teaches the next generation. Those of us over the age of 50 have been through some stuff. We know some things that you don't know. And tonight, a challenging message to each one of you. What generation is arising? Or what generation is next? When we put the baton in your hand, eventually, what's going to happen? How will things be? How many buildings will be built? How many revivals will be held? How many giants will be slain? I hope if you're 30 years old already, you can say, Pastor, I have slain a lion somewhere. Might be a little lion, but I've slain a lion. I've slain a bear, and I'm ready to slay this uncircumcised Philistine. Come on. Come on, you 30-year-old underbunch. Give the Lord the most radical praise that you can. <laughs> I love you. I'm going to tell you what your mama never told you. The church of Jesus is one generation away from failure. You can take your seats, thank you, in heavenly places. Or maybe we should do what they do in Nigeria, make you stand all service so you don't get up to mischief and get onto your cell phone and start sending nonsense messages while I preach the Word of God. It's not tolerated in this place. Somebody will slap you up the side of your head if you are looking at pictures while the Word of God's being preached. You're not in the right place for that nonsense. You're in Africa. <laughs> You're not in America. Yeah, we do things God's way. Oh, come on, if you love Africa, say amen. Give the Lord a praise for Africa. It's our time. It's our hour. It's our time. It's our hour to shine for the glory of God. I just flew back, as I said, from LA. Maybe the most confused city I've been to. I've been there before, maybe 10 years ago, preached at a conference, preached there this last weekend. 
and uh, people respond, people are the same. So hundreds getting saved and touched by the power of God. Many drug dealers, many of those Latinos, they walk in there and they sit and they look at you like this until they see you also are a big dog, but you're a big dog for God. You're unashamed and you're unafraid and you've got some scars. You're not just, you don't just have a little slick talk because real men can see real men. Said the real brothers can see the real brothers. Those with a spine can discern other men with a spine. For the first time in the history of America, the church is not the number one influence. For the first time in the history of America, the church is not the major voice of influence. If you look at what's happening in South Africa, I'm not afraid to say these things because I've been through some stuff. I'm not afraid of any politician. I'm not afraid of any person that seems to intimidate me. Not at my age. I've come too far. I'm not 20 years old. I'm not a little lion or a little cat, kitty cat. I know exactly whose I am. And I know that we are facing the greatest battle for the future of Christianity. I'm not being overdramatic, I'm stating a fact in our world. And I know that the message of, methods of yesterday was exposed during this COVID pandemic. And that 50% of millennials in America disconnected from Christianity during this pandemic, going online, eventually no line, eventually a line of Coke. Slipping away from God to be lost forever. Better hear me tonight, Christian, pastor watching tonight, leader. This is not a game, it's an urgent hour. This is not a battle between black people and white people. This is a battle between the kingdom of darkness and the kingdom of light. And this is the time for the church of Jesus Christ to arise and for the Christians of God to take back the territory that was lost, come on, and to claim back the rulership of Jesus. This is the time for South Africa to arise and shine. Come on, somebody, jump to your feet and say, I'm gonna arise, I'm gonna shine for God in Jesus' name. This charismatic, cruisomatic Christianity is not gonna do it. This lifestyle, self-absorbed, self-centered Christianity will not do it. Remember, we're not just fighting for ourselves, we're fighting for our children and our children's children. And I said it in Johannesburg, it really grieves me how many parents think it's okay to do online Christianity today. They don't realize that they are disconnecting their children, their bloodline from God's kingdom because your kids aren't being taught about God in school. Your kids aren't being taught God by the television programs they watched. I don't care how great the sacrifice, we also had to do it. We had to wake up on a Sunday morning, get three babies dressed and get ourselves in the house of God and get our young children to love the house of God and to love the things of God. And while my children lived in my house, they never had an option, even 25 years old. 
27 years old before they got married. They lived in my house. If I was in Pretoria, I would find out if David was in church in Bloemfontein. And if not, I would phone him and say, David, what's up? My generation grew up understanding the value of God's house. My generation grew up understanding the value of raising our children in the house of God. For us, Sunday church was not optional. Very concerned. When I look at the casual attitude of many people, how they get their babies, they get their children, not in our church. I mean, we have so many prams on Sunday in all our churches. In Bloomingdale North, the pastor said, look, we've built the biggest mother's room that any church has in all our locations and those mother's rooms are all too small. So a big shout out and a big hand clap to all the young mothers and all the young fathers that are bringing your children to the house of God. Because we have to train them in the ways of God. Amen. Because <clears throat> we have so much time to influence them. The rest of the week, they're in the hands of the world. They're in the hands of the educators of this world. So what generation is arising? What footprints are you leaving in your home? What example? Remember when my parents used to take me to church and then eventually they stayed in bed and they said, go to church. And guess what I did? I took the collection and I never went to church. I went to the shop like many of you. Amen, parents. Because our children pick up on what? On our values. You, you think you're a good mama, but you don't bring your child to church. You are actually turning that little child into a heathen. Because that child doesn't just need your parenting, your love, that child needs God. That child needs to find God. That child needs to come to church. That child needs to experience God. Because if they don't experience God, they're going to look for something else in the world. And I'll tell you something, there's a lot out there in the world. And people look at us sometimes and they think we've lost touch with the world. Man, we counsel people all the time and I come out of the world. Listen, they don't have to tell me nothing about what's happening out there in the world. First time I kissed a girl, I was 10 years old. 10. Okay, let's just stop there. 10 years old. No, actually not. I was in sub B, grade 2. I kissed the principal's daughter. In a French way. Didn't even know what it meant, but I was already a Frenchie. <laughs> I was already a Frenchman. I've got French blood, okay. Nobody taught me. I just grabbed her and kissed her. Seven years old. Even remember her name. Her name was Elma. <coughs> Not Emma. Elma. Cronier. The school of the daughter. Judges chapter 2. I want to say to young people, before I get into the word tonight, that the world does look attractive. That's why it entices you. 
Sometimes young people grow up in a Christian home as my kids did and they think they're missing out. And actually you're not. Because once you partake of the fruit of Egypt, you don't miss out, you get messed up. Then we have to save you all over again. So parents be diligent. I know this is young people here tonight. We proved it by the way people stand. Maybe I'll talk this Sunday morning because too many parents are messing around when it comes to training their children in the ways of God. You need to realize that parenting, the greatest responsibility of parenting is to build a love in that child for God and a love for the house of God and a love for the things of of God because if they don't love God, they're going to fall in love with something else sometime. I wasn't always a preacher, but when I got saved, came Sunday, I went to church. If there was a family function, I would first go to church. If family came to visit us, I said, I'm going to church. You want to come with? You're welcome to come with. You don't want to come with? You can stay at home. But this is Sunday. Sunday, the first day of the week. I'm going to serve the Lord my God. I'm going to worship my God. And if you don't like it, you can suck it up. Because I'm not going to change who I am for flesh and blood. Not for a surname not for anybody else and some of us just have to wake up I said some of us just have to wake up some of us just have to get back to that old time religion where Sunday school for your children is not an option where coming to church is not an option where reading your Bible with your children is not an option where saying prayers with your children are not an option by putting your child in bed every night and praying over that child and speaking to that child's future is not an option in the name of Jesus. Come on, young people. You're all going to get married and have children someday, so remember this message. I've seen people, it grieves me because I think about Paul writing to Timothy and he talks about the faith that was first seen in Timothy's grandmother, then in Timothy's mother, then in Timothy. Timothy was raised in the ways of God by his mother. As a matter of fact, when you study the life of Timothy, his father was a total pagan, a total heathen. But mama raised him. Mama taught him the Holy Scriptures. Mama read the Bible to him. Well, Papa was unsaved. You never know the influence you have over that child. Now churches have to work hard to reach young people because parents have abdicated their responsibility. There was a time that our education systems were okay. At least we had RI. The Bible was taught. I was not taught in schools today. Your children are not educated in the ways of God. Most children know Harry Potter better than the Bible. Twilight. Satanic. By the way, that was the woman that sat on the plane next to us, the main actress in Twilight. We didn't even recognize her because we don't want to watch junk like that. The 
very quiet. Some of you know the songs of the world better than you can quote scripture. I guarantee you I can play a, 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 a song that the DJs play in the club and half of you are going to jump up and you're going to sway your hips and you're going to begin to jive. Because that's where you feed. And then you visit church occasionally and wonder what's wrong. While your appetite is not for the things of God, but your appetite is for the things of this world, which by the way, is a rebellious spirit. So if there's rebellion in you, the spirit of this world has a hold of you. Listen to me very clearly. I want to talk about a rebel. This is, was it. I was six years, I stand at six men. I smoked publicly. I did drugs publicly. I cared nothing for no man. Nothing. So you know, don't talk to me about radical sin. I was there. Got messed up. Don't talk to me. It's okay to go over there. Okay to snort cocaine. Okay to take a few shooters. Okay to go dance in a club. Okay. Don't talk to me about that. You want to talk about revival at the same time. It's not either or. It's not both. It's either or. You've got to make up your mind what you want. You've got to make up your mind where you stand, young person. Listen. I didn't allow my children to go to a matric dance. I didn't allow my children to go on these foolish rages at the end of the year. I didn't allow my children to date. Many things I did not allow as a parent. Because I didn't care about their emotions, their feelings, what they thought. I didn't care about their tantrums. I knew I had to raise children that would love God. And that meant they would sometimes be angry. They would throw tantrums. They would be rebellious. But guess what? I'm the parent, they're not. I'm in charge, they're not. Guess what? I'm, I'm, I'm not a parent by popularity. They never made me, I made them. I brought them into the world. I could take them out of the world. So they live in my house. Then they will play by my rules, which is God's rules, okay? Some of you need to get back to that old time religion because you're intimidated by your children's tantrums and by, 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 by their sulking. That's not the Spirit of Christ. You need to go pray over that child. Pray over your family. Pray over your future. Amen. So Judges 2 verse 7, the Bible says, So the people served the Lord all the days of Joshua and all the days of the elders who outlived Joshua who had seen all the great works of the Lord which He had done for Israel. So it was a generation that served God. When I think about South Africa, there was a generation that prevented bloodshed. Don't always want to go back to the past, but during apartheid, Everybody turned to God. The black people turned to God, the white people, and forgive me for black and white, but that's the language you understand. I don't believe there's in any color. I don't color code people. I don't believe there's black and I don't believe there's white. I believe that we are just different shades of pigmentation. I do not believe any of this nonsense that politicians want to make us believe. 
I don't want to be aware of my skin pigmentation. I want to be aware of my Christ identity. I want to know who I am in Christ. I want to know what Jesus did for me. I don't want to celebrate my culture. I want to celebrate my Christ identity. Can I have an amen from somebody that has been liberated in Jesus' name? I don't want to be caught up in the worship of my ancestors. I want to be caught up in the worship of a living God whose son's name is Jesus Christ. It was a generation um, that knew God in this country. Otherwise, this, they would have been bloodshed. We are the first country, and young people don't know this, that had the democratic change without revolution and without bloodshed and without a full-scale war. Do you realize that? You sitting here today. Some of you should not have been here because your parents should have been killed. But people were praying. The people that were abused were praying. Even some of the abusers were praying. Everybody was crying out to God in the 70s, in the 80s, in the 90s. When Chris Harney was assassinated, we were at the verge of war, full-scale war. Young people don't even know what I'm talking about. Go study your history. He was to be the next president or one of the presidents of South Africa ex-communist leader who got radically saved and somebody wasn't happy with it and he was assassinated. The country was poised for war. For 26 years this country was in war. But the people of the country humbled themselves. And the mothers of this country whose husbands had to go work in mines and who had to be separated from their families. They were a praying generation and they prayed for healing. Oh, I say they prayed for healing and God was faithfully brought healing and the prophets of doom prophesied bloodshed. They said the blood will flow as high as, 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 as the stirrups of a horse and they left South Africa. Many great men of God prophesied doom and gloom over South Africa, but there was a generation who knew God there was a generation, although they were oppressed, they knew how to pray heaven down. They knew how to get a God intervention. And God raised up some of the greatest leaders, some of the greatest apostles, some of the greatest evangelists, black and white in this country that preached the gospel of Jesus Christ and averted disaster. We saw some of the greatest churches birthed during those years, this being one of them pre the abolishment of apartheid. We, we never did this when the politicians' eyes, when the politicians said racism is wrong. Um, for black people that still think white people are the enemy, remember the struggle was funded by white people, Russians. And communism, there's nothing racist about communism. So if you want to be a communist, you can't be a racist. So there was, in uh, Transkei, there were the forces of Bantu Lamisa, Apla, the National Defense Force, Bishop Tutu, the late Bishop Tutu, great man of God. It's part of what people say. We all believed lies about Bayer Snodia, 
I'm talking to people that don't even know what I'm talking about. You must study the history of this country so you can appreciate the price people paid for the freedom that you have today to sit in a church where there are black people and white people and you need to celebrate what God has done through your fathers and through your mothers. People who were a generation who, who chose to lay down their AK-47s and chose to lay down their R4s and to see healing in this country. We chose! Now young people want to be caught up in issues that blow out of America. Issues that divide us. Issues that will destroy us. Issues that will dismantle everything that is godly in this country. Because young people are grappling around for truth. The reason being many of them don't know this God that my generation knows. This God who did many works for us that we saw and witnessed back in 93 when we started in Bloemfontein and I opened the doors and we built a big building and I said anybody can come. We had people come from Apla, Nkonto and Siswe, 3-2 Battalion, SANDF, men, you could cut the atmosphere like a knife, with a knife. You could feel the tension between black and white. Preach the gospel of Jesus Christ and God would show up and people would get saved at the altar and people would get united at the altar. And I would see God take hatred out of ex-Apla people, hatred out of ex-South African soldiers, hatred out of three, two, oh, come on, listen to me. Are you, are you even listening to what I'm saying to you in the name of Jesus? We fought a battle for your freedom. I say we fought, my generation fought a battle for your freedom. You have to respect it and you have to protect it. You have to hold on to this freedom which Christ Jesus brought, not some liberation movement, not some confused liberal theology that's, that's flooding the world from the United States of America. I, I wish we could shut down media from America. I wish we could shut Hollywood down tomorrow. of the most perverse institutions in the world must be the Babylon of this world. What is propagated from that place. Shaping the values of our young people. And, 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 and we are clueless. I'll say it again, because what happens in America a few years later happens in every other country in the world. For the first time, the church in America is not the influencer. For the politicians in South Africa, for those who come to our church and many of our politicians' children come to our church, your disdain and disrespect of the church in South Africa is very, very concerning. And you will be held accountable before God for what is happening to God's kingdom while you sit in your positions of power and you make decisions that you know 
will destroy Christianity and pollute the minds of our children through the education that you force down the throats of our children, which are ungodly. I pray that Africa will arise. I pray that the pastors in South Africa will become like some of those pastors in Nigeria. I'm not talking about the flaky ones. Let's stand up and say to the government, no, 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 no. We will not have this education imposed upon our children, no. We will not have this confused theology in our theology universities, no, no, no. We are Christian and we hold our Christian values dear. We are the people of the living God and we will not apologize that we still believe the Bible is the Word of God and the Bible is the basis of truth that we build our lives on. Come on, somebody that have not lost your mind yet, give the Lord a radical praise in this place tonight in Jesus' name. Some of you have to get up and walk out of your classroom when they teach this rubbish. I was a rebel at school. I got chased out of class a lot. Thrown out of class by the teachers because of what I got up to. Smoke in class. Hit somebody in class. I felt nothing. Now, do you think as a Christian, Jesus comes to tame us? If I was a 15-year-old and you brought your rubbish to the classroom, I would say respectfully, Sir, I'm walking out of this class because I cannot identify with this that you are teaching right now. When you are finished, I'll be back. Thank you very much. Hmm. So the Bible said, Joshua, the son of Nun, never knew nuns had sons. <laughs> well, <laughs> in many places they did, okay. Not legitimately in any case. <laughs> Joshua, the son of Nun, the servant of the Lord, died when he was 110 years old. Amen. I accept that. And he didn't die weak and frail. He died strong. We don't have to get weak and frail as we age. We can stay strong in the name of Jesus and age graciously. Can you say amen? Like Moses did, 120 still climbed the mountain. Bible says they buried him within the borders of his inheritance at Timnath Ares in the mountain of Ephraim on the north side of Mount Gaiash. Now listen, when all that generation had been gathered to their fathers, another generation arose after them who did not know the Lord, nor the works which He had done for Israel. I know that you have to go, Faith TV. Um, we love you. We thank God that you are with us. Listen, listen, listen. My heart weeps for this nation and for your children. And I pray to God that God does something in your heart that you just realize 
that that child God has given you is your responsibility. And like a Hannah, you have to bring that child to the house of the Lord and raise that child in the house of the Lord. Like Jesus' natural parents, they took Him to the temple. The Bible says, as His custom was, He went to the house of God on a Sabbath. That was His custom. Every Sabbath, He was in the house of God. When they went to register and they traveled and after three days, that's good parenting. They were looking for Jesus, thinking He was with some family. They ran back and where did they find Him? They found Him in the temple. He was about His Father's business. He was in the house of the Lord. Don't do this Christianity where you're okay because everything you learned, you learned in the house of God. What about your child? What about your children? that hardly ever get their foot in church, change tonight. Make a commitment tonight that you will be a person that God can use and that you will raise your children in the ways of God and that you will secure your bloodline and a generational blessing in the name of Jesus Christ. Come on, God loves you. You can have a relationship with Jesus Christ. Give yourself back to God and go full out for God. Be a generation that serves God in Jesus' name. You can drop, jump onto our social media. We love you. Thank you for being with us tonight. Give them a big hand clap. So when Joshua's generation dies and all the leaders that knew the power of God dies, there's a generation that arises. They did not know God. Amazing. They saw the exploits. They saw the power. They saw the miracles but they themselves didn't know God and they didn't know the works of God. Then the children of Israel, this is the next thing, did evil in the sight of the Lord and served the bowls and they forsook the Lord God of their fathers. They turned away from the God of their fathers. I mean, if that doesn't grieve you, if that's not sad, and I wanna say this to you, I, I, I did a wedding and um, the father who's been in our church for 15 years, he's a farmer in the free state somewhere. And he thanked me because his children brought him to church. They came to university, they caught fire, and then they took that fire to their parents. Amen, like many of you. God bless you, I salute you for that, amen. They forsook the Lord God of their fathers. Well, if you don't know who the God of your fathers are, you won't even know what to do. We cannot raise our children without God. We cannot raise our children without giving them God encounters in children's church where my children got saved again and again and again. Saturdays I was preaching on Hoffman Square and one day David raised his hand on a Hoffman screen and gave his life to Jesus Christ. They heard God in the morning, Christian music, the Bible on tape, prayers over them every night when they went to bed, every single night, every day, they heard about God and they heard about the things that God did and they saw what God did and somewhere, something changed in them because they were exposed to an environment where God was real. You see, God 
doesn't have grandchildren. And nobody will go to heaven based on a parent's revelation. You need your own encounter with God. You need to discover God for yourself. You need to discover the works of God for yourself. You need to be able to say, when I was 16 years old, I slayed a lion. When I was 17 years old, I slayed a bear. I started a home cell. I saw God do something in my family. I know the power of God. I know the works of God. I'm not a second generation Christian. I'm not a grandchild of God. I don't have a second hand revelation of God. I'm born again as my daddy was born again. I'm born again by the power of the Holy Ghost and nothing and nobody can take that away from me. This world has no hold on me because I found Jesus for myself. You know, when you find Jesus, the world loses its attraction. Say, how do you know? Because it happened to me. I don't get it. When you sit in church and the world is attractive, the Bible just writes, and then in Hebrew, suddenly it says, remember Lot's wife. It's almost like out of context. He writes about many great people Then he just says, remember Lot's wife. Lot's wife? When God delivered her from Sodom and Gomorrah, what did she do? She just looked back one more time. Mm -hmm. Just one more time. Just one more time. What can I do? Just one more time. Just one more time. That's all it takes. Being in the wrong place at the wrong time. There's no good person who ever plans to be bad. There's no baby. If you say to them, or a young person, what is your vision? They say, I want to get addicted to cocaine. I want to be alcoholic. Not a young person. Not a young girl. If they still have their senses. If you say, what's your dream? They say, I want to be married one day. I want to keep myself pure. I want to be a virgin. But then, what does the world do? The world makes you feel like you are different, that you don't fit in, that you're not special. I told my girls always, because people put that pressure on them as well. What do you mean you're 17, you're still a virgin? I said, hey girls, you're going to marry virgins. You're going to keep your virginity. You're going to keep your purity. You're going to celebrate your purity. Because you can become like any one of those girls in a moment, but they can never get become like you again, except by the grace of God. And when Jesus saves them, you can be like a virgin again. But all it takes, all it takes is a moment of quote unquote innocence, of wanting to discover Discover what? Discover what that prodigal son thought he didn't have. So he left his father's house, took his inheritance, went into the world on a jaw. Where did it end? Where does it take you? Down. Down a path you don't want to go. Little by little. And when you see again, you've lost yourself. You've lost your purity. 
then it takes a long time for you to come to your senses and to come back to God. I say this again to parents. Parent your children. You're not their friend first. You're their parent first. You are their safekeeper. You are their guardian. You are their gatekeeper. You are responsible for your children until the day they move out of your house. Listen to me very carefully. Eli the priest, Samuel is 12 years old and God talks to Samuel as a 12-year-old boy about the judgment that is about to come upon Eli. Why? Because Eli never restrained his children from sinning. So God says, because you did not restrain your children, and those children were big boys, they were men. God says, I will remove your priesthood because you've allowed your children to move away from me. Now sometimes, I'm not saying it's bad parenting that causes people to go into the world, but I do believe that prevention is better than cure. And I don't believe in this nonsense that because I was raised that way, you know, men have to sow their wild oats, whatever that means. I know, I still haven't figured that out. You have to experience the world. Will you give me the scripture? Please just give me the Scripture. Open your Bible and shout the Scripture that you, you have to experience the world a little bit. Give it to me. Shout that Scripture to me in the Bible. Shout it out. It's not there. What is there is be not unequally yoked together with the world. What is there? What fellowship does light hath with darkness? What is there? Evil communications corrupt good morals. What is there? You become like those you hang out with. That's what's in the Bible. A generation arose that did not know God. Neither the works of God, the ways of God. I said this, I would, let me not say too much because it sounds very legalistic. I wouldn't say that. I have to check myself because I'm talking to um, young people that have been raised entitled. I'm not insulting you, I'm telling you. Young children, people that have been told, you don't have to excel. You don't have to be better. You don't have to be the smartest and work harder. We'll, we'll just lower our education system to make it easy for you. And then when you get in the real world, you see nobody tolerates that. That if you don't perform, nobody will give you the time of day. If you're not a hard worker, if you're not the better person, if you don't carry what they want, I'm gonna keep you. They're not your mama that feels sorry for you. They're not your mama that you can intimidate. Another generation arose. They turned away from the gods of their fathers. And they began, listen. Bible says, and they forsook the Lord God of their fathers who brought them out of the land of Egypt and they followed other gods. They followed other offerings. <laughs> this world offers a lot of things, doesn't it, young people? You know, you people are funny. 
because sometimes this generation thinks, ah, we're the only ones. There's so many things out there and we are struggling with so much. Just grow up. Get over yourself. We have the same issues. Thank you very much. I said we had the same issues. Thank you very much. Apart from that, we fought a war. We actually died when we were 18 years old, 19 years old. We had real brutal bullets fired at us. We had to grow up quickly. What's on time to be 23 years old and still don't know who you are? Still mess around? Still sleep around? Still be a cool dude? Sad thing is I meet some of my friends that look 100 years older than me because they never changed. They just keep on partying and 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 partying. That life gets you nowhere. But that life starts somewhere. Listen, because you all sit here, many of you are innocent here tonight and you think, man, I don't even know what he's talking about. But how did this, those people get where they are today? They took one step in the wrong direction. They took one drink at the wrong time. They dated one young guy at the wrong time. They did something at the wrong time and it took them on a path where they are today. I'm telling you that you are too young to waste away your life. You are a chosen generation. You are still able to make intelligent, informed decisions and you need to make up your mind. I'm gonna serve God in my generation. I'm not gonna sell out to this world. I'm going to follow Jesus Christ. I'm not going to bow to the pressure of my girlfriends or my boyfriends. I'm going to be different. I'm going to be a history maker. I'm going to be a standout person. I'm going to be a Daniel. I'm going to be a Shadrach. I'm going to be an Esther. I'm going to be a Deborah. I'm going to be somebody different. In the name of Jesus. Oh, shout Amen. In the name of Jesus, I'm not going to be defiled by the offerings of this world. Not gonna lose my testimony for a moment. And if I have, I'm coming to my senses tonight. I'm gonna reclaim this holy ground. And I'm gonna let go of these thoughts in my mind that says there's something better out there. Tell me what it is, shout it out. What is better out there? Say it. Talking to somebody who knows the world, man, who comes out of the world. The lies in your mind. What's better out there? What are you missing out on? Huh? Those kids partying, partying, partying all taking ecstasy, taking different things. You're missing out. What are you missing out of? The reason you're missing out of, or you feel you're missing out, is because you've never had a true encounter with Jesus Christ. Because once you have a true encounter with Jesus Christ, those things loses its hold and it loses its power over you. Come on, some young person that's radically saved yet tonight, shout hallelujah, give the Lord a praise offering in the name of Jesus Christ, hallelujah.
seven-year-old boy tells a 14-year-old girl, I'm going to marry you one day. Liar. You don't want to marry her. You just want to get... What's amazing with this passage is that Joshua's generation serves God. Moses' generation, Moses serves God. His generation never serves God. They see the works of God, the power of God, but they never get it. I, I stand shocked sometimes. I say things that shock people, but I do it on purpose because people need to be shocked because they shock me. And um, I listen to people stand and talk after 28 years in South Africa and they still use forgive me for saying it certain words let me not even say the letter and I, I stand shocked and I think where have you been? what's wrong with you? that, that you, 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 you put that on your children and you put that on your grandchildren and you think it's okay what's wrong with you? what's up with you? Because everything we hold dear is passed on to us. Our values, our beliefs. That's why some of you just love the church. And some of the greatest privileges for me is to do weddings now. And it is because now I've been a pastor for 36 years. So I did the weddings of some people who now have babies. And those babies have grown up in the church. And now I'm doing those people's weddings those people encountered God in the church. That generation grew up in the church and they had their own authentic encounter and that's you, come on, in the name of Jesus Christ. And you're gonna have to raise your children in the ways of God and, and you're gonna have to break with some of the ways of your parents because some of the ways of your parents are not okay. It's not okay. Some of the ways are not okay. There are some people that are not gonna change. The only way they're gonna change is by dying. And some of them need to die very quickly. Because they're a generation that refuses to change in this country. They refuse. They refuse. Even though they saw what God did in this country, like Moses. Miracles. They sit all over this country and they refuse to give God the glory. That, that farmer stood up and uh, real of Rikan's family and he said no brother no Afrikaans I can only Afrikaans I said when I came to CRC my daughter came to university and she got saved that's many years ago and then my other daughter came and she got saved and but we came to CRC and he said the first time I didn't know what hit me the music the music was like he said but then I looked around and I saw hope for South Africa he was part of the older generation that was smart enough to say, this is the future of South Africa, black and white people, united in Christ, standing together. Come on, rich and poor, young and old, standing together, worshiping God. That's the future of South Africa, refusing to be divided by the voices of the day, by the influences of the day, by the voices that come from Hollywood, 
by the politicians of the day, refusing to be divided. Because this is the hope we have. This is the hope we have. I say this is the hope we have. You are the hope. You are the future. You are the generation that God has raised up for this hour. You are the ones that have to make up your mind. You are the ones that have to stand up for Jesus Christ in your generation. You are the ones that have to be the influencers in your school, to your friends. Not allow those people to influence you and impose their values and the gods that they serve and the culture that is popular and push that down your throat. No! You become the generation that decides for yourself this world is nothing to offer me. I mean, the world is so empty. The world is so lost. We come out of it. We know it. Those of you that snorted cocaine, it takes you on a high and then the next morning you're on a low. Then you have to snort again. Huh? Those of you, I'm not talking about drinking a glass of wine, but drinking five bottles of wine or three bottles of, of whiskey. And how do you feel the next day? Great. Near. So what do you do? Drinky babalas weg. Yeah. Drink a eerste in. Da tweede in. Da gaan jy. Hoe voel jy morgen? Erge. So wat doen jy? Jy drink weer. En dan? Dan drink jy weer. En dan? Dan drink jy weer. And what do you become? Huh? Huh? a shadow of who God called you to be. Young girl, you lose your dignity. You lose your virtue, moral excellence. You lose yourself seeking what? Please listen, because you're intelligent, you're well informed, all of you. Seeking what? Seeking approval, acceptance, to fit in to be popular. Talk to the older people, those that were your friends at school. You don't even know where they are today. They, they don't feature in your life. Those that you drank with, my drinking friends, where are they today? Where? So when we live, as young people, often we live for the moment. We live for the year and the now because Satan is the deceiver. And, 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 he, and, he, and he tries to entice you and lure you in a direction that seems appealing. And it is to the eye, to the senses, to get you into bondage. If you are a young person and you are still pure, and you all are in Christ, but I mean, and you've never lost yourself, the Bible is very clear. It says, do not awaken the passion ahead of time. Don't parents let that little angel face show up and say, Tani, can I your daughter uitvat naar die movies to vanavond? Near your klein duivel. I can't sing. And I sit to sing you. 
I tell these boys always when they try to come close to my daughters, I said, listen, I have a bionic eye. If I see a fingerprint on my daughter, I'm hitting you, your father who raised you that way. I'm hitting all of you. We have to fight for the next generation. We have to protect the next generation. We have to secure the future of the next generation. Some of you, I mean, David serves God and I, I don't, when I talk, I don't mean to belittle my children, etc. But I mean, he, he was about 23 years old, he was in business, etc. And I had to have a straight, straight, he wasn't sitting and drinking and things like that. Just something he was going through. I said, you better choose boy. I don't mean boy in a demeaning way, but when I'm the father, he's the boy. I said to him, you better now listen. You better make up your mind. Because this is not a debate. Me? Dad. You? Child. Me? Talk. You? Listen. No debate. Me know what you don't know. Me experience you. So shout out what you're missing out on. What? Huh? What are you missing out on? Throw it out there. What are you missing out there? You. Now you said you think you miss out on what? What? What are you missing out on? What? What does the world have to offer you? What do you want? What is it? Oh, the world is full of gods and the world is full of enticement and people that will lure you. And the way people are going to, the way Satan is going to lure you is through your friends. Oh, just, just come tonight. We're just going to have a few. And, and? Oh, just come on a date with my friend. He's, he's, he's innocent. Really, bring him to me. I'll tell you quickly. But don't you trust me, mommy? No. Don't play the trust game with your parent. Because you can't trust yourself. You need to be protected. I said you need to be protected. The Bible says, let he that think of his stand, take heed lest he fall. You have to be protected. You need boundaries for safekeeping. Each one of my children on the day they got married stood up and thanked me for being a strict father. Every one of them. Each one of them said, thank you, Daddy. Because I just not, did not allow any nonsense. Because one thing I decided was, I'm going to raise my children for God and no devil, no little friend. Nobody's going to come along and corrupt my children. And this was my conversation always. I said to a girl one day, it's actually very funny, she came to my house. Um, and uh, as she walked in, I said, have you allowed my boy to touch you? I was correct myself, I'm going to do it, I said. 
Did you allow my boy to touch you? Or has my boy tried to touch you? Nee, pastoor, ek sê, kyk vir my. Sê, kyk vir my. Ek sê, waar? If you ever allow David, because boys will try, right? Yeah, sanctified, holy. Huh? Hello, my sister. <laughs> Hello, my sister. Hello, my sister. Uh, I love you, my sister. Bless you, my sister. I said, listen, nice. If you allow my son to touch you, I'm chasing you out of that gate. I'm chasing you down the road. Because I didn't raise him. And you better stop him if he tries. I did the same with my girls. If anybody dated them, they would sit, we'd watch TV, have, I always call them off guard because, you know, kids can't lie if you have a relationship with them. I turn to the child, say, as, let's say, John tried to touch you. No, Dad. I say, look at me. <laughs> and one day there was a John that tried to touch my daughter. And it didn't turn out well for him. Left a blood stain against my wall with his hair. He left a part of his hair and his scalp. Because that's how serious I was to defend my children and their faith. It takes a moment. Just being in the wrong place at the wrong time. And it's a setup. I want you to think tonight, beautiful young person, what is it that you feel you're missing out on? What is it that you're looking for? What is it that is talking to you on social media? There is one remedy, and that is finding Jesus for yourself. I, I, I brought my kids to church. We had half-night prayer meetings. They would come every Friday night, lie under the, the, the chairs. One thing I knew is I had to get them in the presence of God. I just knew it. I knew it because I understand the world, and I understand their personalities. And David's personality is like mine. So I'm not going to go radically this way or radically that way. Some people just have those extreme personalities and they have to be really, um, uh, what's the right word to say? They need strict boundaries, loving boundaries. And I always tell my kids, I love you. I love you. I'll do anything for you. I love you enough. I'll fight you. 
I'll fight your friends. I'll fight everybody. I'll fight the whole world, but I will not lose you. I will not let the devil have you. It is not happening. Not while I'm alive, it's not happening. I don't care how loud you shout. I don't care how much you sulk. I don't care what your tantrums are. It's not happening. You're my responsibility. Until they had their own God encounters, one after the other, and it changed them. Now they carry God and they raise their old children in the ways of God. Where are you tonight? Have you found this Christ? Because if you found him, you're like that merchantman that was looking, 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 looking until he found this pearl of great price. And then he sold everything and he purchased this one thing. This is Jesus we're talking about. It's not a fiction. It's not a fairy tale. It's not Harry Potter's nonsense. Twilight rubbish. All the nonsense that the world is propagating as popular. This is Jesus. Jesus. That will satisfy the longing in your heart like no one else can. This is Jesus that this generation needs. No one moving now, please. I want every head bowed, every eye closed. In all our churches, all over South Africa, you're sitting here tonight, you say, Pastor, you're talking to me. I need to surrender all to Jesus tonight. I heard you loud and clear. I want to give Him everything. I want to surrender all. I don't care what you've done. It doesn't matter how bad you've been. I don't care how many guys you've slept with, how many girls you've slept with. That's not even the issue. Tonight you can find yourself. You can find yourself, but you're going to find yourself in Christ. You're going to find your wholeness, your purity, your virtue in God and nowhere else. That's where you're going to find it. That's where you're going to find Him. This world needs you. Your friends need you. Your friends need you to be authentic in Christ. Your friends need you not to be influenced by them. That's why they're working so hard to influence you. Because you are the answer of salvation to them. You're sitting here tonight, you're sitting in Bloemfontein in one of our churches and you say, Pastor, I need a fresh start with God. I want to surrender my life to Jesus. I go to church, I read my Bible. But if I had to be honest, I'm not living full on for God. Tonight, I want to surrender everything to Jesus. If that is the cry of your heart tonight, quietly, wherever you sit, just raise your hand. I want to say a prayer for you. All over this place, lift your hand quickly. All over this place, raise it, raise it, raise it, raise it, raise it, raise it. Come on, many hands, just lift it. Lift it, lift it, lift it. Lift it tonight. Jy sit hier vanavond in een van ons kerke. God praat met jou as een woeling in jou hart. Jy is niet een jonkie, jy is een oud nie. Jy is niet een slecht nie, jy is niet een goed nie. Maak een sak wat jy gedoen het nie. Hoe laag jy gedaal het nie. Godse liefde is nummer eindigend. Jy is nooit by die, die bereik van sy liefde nie. Sy goedheid, sy genade nie. Jy is nie maar ongeluk hier vanavond nie. Hier is jou ontmoeting waar die Heere beplan het met jou. Wat le aan die ander kant? Sonder Jesus wat le? Die wereld is wanhoopig. As jy reis soos ek en jy sien die wereld, dan sien die wereld is in die warboel, in die gemors, in die toestand. 
en ons wil kerk speel, ons wil christenskap speel. Nee, jylle is die laaste hoop. Jylle is die hoop van die wereld. Jy is die hoop van jou familie, van jou vriende, om een bloedlijn te red. Om jou ouders terug te bring na die Heere toe. Maar het begin by jou. Om jouself nederig te maak. En om die Heere toegang tot jou leven te gee. Ek vraag laatste maal voor ek bid. God praat met jou vanavond. Hy sê, sluit my na die gebed in. Ek wil my leven helemaal oorgee aan die Heere vanavond. Ek wil Jesus aanneem as my saligmaker. Ek gee myself oor vanavond. Jy het nog nie aand opgetel, en as dit jou begeerd is, daar wil jy sit in jou stoel, tel jou aan net vannig op in Jesus naam. Vannig in Jesus naam. Dankie. Tel hem op. Quickly. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. God sien jou, sien jou, sien jou, sien jou. Staan asjeblief saam my. Spraas my Afrikaans, dis Duits. Stand with me please, everybody. Stand with me. Stand with me. You know, you brought your friend to church tonight. You're the influencer. I refuse to be influenced. When I came to Jesus, I refused to be influenced. When I went to the army, I stood alone like just this. God gave me the grace. When I worked, I stood alone like this. Nobody influenced me. All the people drinking around me never influenced me. My family never influenced me. I didn't allow myself to be influenced by anybody else. I stood like this. You can stand like this. It's time for Christians to stand like this because then this is going to become this, then this, then this, then this, then many people. You stand. When I went on camps, I stood like this. Traveled eight days to Angola. I was the only person that didn't drink, smoke. And out of the whole battalion, people saw it like this and said, there's something different about you. What is it? I said, Jesus. Oh, they laughed until the first enemy airplanes came. And until the first bombs fell. Oh, then they came to my chopper tent very quickly. I said, please pray for me. I said, no. Not praying for you. You're not serious enough yet. When you get serious, you come back again. Next day they would come again. Say, pray for me. I said, I'm not going to pray for you. When you get serious, because the only thing you're afraid of now is you're afraid to die. You get serious about God. Then God gave me the opportunity to pray for the whole brigade, 3,000 people. The Reverend never showed up. I'll never forget the day. It was quiet in Angola, 480 kilometers in Angola. And I actually prayed for the Reverend not to show up because a few days before he spoke to that same brigade, about geloof sekerheid. And I said to him afterwards, you told the people nothing. People possibly are going to die and you never told them how to make heaven. And I prayed a prayer that God heard. I said, please God, give me an opportunity and don't let this reverence show up. And I stood there as an officer and the brigade commander, Katskuman, some of you may know who he is, in 1988, 87, he calls me because he knew me as a Christian. He knew me as one that was radical when I did my JLs. And I stood for God while everybody else was just messed up, never bowed, never sold out. Witness to everybody all the time from a sinner. It confused everybody because I had a reputation before I got saved. Everybody knew what kind of a sinner I was. Suddenly, I'm just talking Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. That morning, 
I opened my Bible, New Testament, always carried it here. And I opened it and I read Romans 10 verse 9 and 10. And I said, all of you, say after me. And it was so gedreen, vroeg in die ochtend, 480 kilometer in Angola. Hallelujah. <laughs> Toe geer die Heere my geleentheid. En al die mans bid. Amal. Some of them I'll never see again. Some of them have died, but I'll see them in heaven. Because I used the opportunity God gave me. Unashamedly. You know, I learned never to let an opportunity to go by. And, and my kids have caught this. I go to gym. I share Jesus with people. I go to a dentist. I share Jesus with a person. I share Jesus where I go. Because it's real. Don't get involved in all this other nonsense and all the other talks and discussions. Maybe those are things we do to open a door. But bring him in the conversation. We had one of our beautiful young people. It's tragic. He worked in the security, just died, dropped dead, 24 years old. He's somebody we looked at to bring in the ministry. Um, just unexpectedly, 24 years old. No health issues. Just dropped dead. Three weeks before that, he had something diagnosed, discharged him. 24. 24. Young people think they're going to live forever. You have no promise of tomorrow. You have now. This is it. This life. It's an honor to pray with all of you. Jesus loves you. He really does. You're brave to make this decision. But it's the greatest decision you can make to put your life back in the hands of Jesus. It doesn't mean you're bad. It just means you hurt God. And you know the wonderful thing about God is He knows where we are, why we are, where we are. And that's why He saves us. He doesn't condemn us. He doesn't say, okay, Dave, you've messed up and you're terrible, etc. No. He's standing with arms open wide and he's saying, thank you for coming to me. I'm going to help you. I'm going to deliver you. I'm going to set you free. That's God tonight, okay? He's going to give you a new beginning. So just close your eyes. Pray this prayer with me tonight all over this country. Say, Lord Jesus, thank you for loving me. I really believe it. I believe with all my heart that you love me. And I stand before you tonight, not as my judge, but as my Savior. And you know, Lord, I really do want to follow you. I do want to serve you. So please help me. Touch me. Save me. Wash me in your blood. Give me the power tonight to be your child. I believe with all my heart. You died for my sin. I believe you rose from the grave. I believe you are alive tonight. I put my life, every area, into your hands. And I ask you now to help me to walk in this path 
of freedom and liberty that I choose tonight. Thank you that your grace is sufficient for me. Thank you for a new beginning. I receive your forgiveness. I forgive myself. And I forgive everyone else who sinned against me. I give myself to you. Thank you for renewed life in my heart and freedom in Jesus' name. Amen and amen and amen. Come on, let's give Him praise. Hallelujah. We hope you received exactly what God had in store for you from this week's message. If you have been touched by our ministry, you can help us achieve our mandate and win the lost at any cost by visiting our website at crcchurch.com. Thanks again for listening and God bless.